Can we open our Bibles to the minor prophet Micah, chapter 7, verse 18? Who is a God like unto thee, that pardoneth iniquity, and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever, because he delighteth in mercy. Speaking to his church, the prophet Micah, he wants you to remember, he delighteth in mercy. God delighteth in mercy. I delight to preach this text to you today. I pray that you'll be delighted to hear it. God delighteth to give you mercy. Well, recently, Fernanda and I were happy to announce to one of our sons that our punishment had been lifted and that they were free to attend something we had previously decided he would not be going to. And that was at a time to get his attention, teach a lesson, direct a new behavior and attitude that we wanted to see consistently. And uh, it had done that. We were very glad to see how much things were improving. And so we wanted to bless him and reward him with removing the, uh, the punishment and allowing him to now go ahead and go. Uh, it wasn't without some follow-up along the way, but we were excited to tell him. We were all excited. We kind of made a thing of it, had the family around, did it publicly. We wanted to bless him with this mercy. But his response at first almost made me mad. He said rather firmly, no, no. Shaking his head, not defiantly, but apparently he was wanting us to understand he wanted to take and own the punishment fully as a sign of his humility, as a sign of his sincere acceptance and wanting to be different and change, which of course is why we were so happy to bless him with mercy. He'd already been exhibiting that. Uh, but we had a couple times push back. No, 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 no. We want you to go. We're, no, no, no. No, I want to be merciful to you. <laughs> you know, that's kind of what started happening in my, in my heart there. I didn't speak like that. But uh, uh, we pushed back a bit until he did take the forgiveness, and then he was very happy. And so was I, and so were we. But it occurred to me at that moment that that's really something, I think, for us to, to pay attention to for ourselves. It's important to understand that I would have been offended had he rejected my mercy. I have the authority to discipline. I also have the authority to give mercy. And I like to give mercy. Don't take away my happiness. <laughs> you know, It is my right and my authority. And if it's going to be rejected, it's rejecting my authority just as much. And it takes away or doesn't allow me to delight in being merciful. And one thing I want him to understand is that it's a happy thing to be merciful. We, we don't like to discipline children. We do because we know we need to for their own good. We are so delighted to give them mercy. We're so delighted to let them off early because, because they've turned. And that's the whole point of discipline, right? Is to get them to return and be restored to the Lord and then rejoice together in mercy. There's no having to live out the punishment. In fact, and that's the thing, and we can't as Christians right before the Lord, we cannot live out our punishment. We need to be happy to have it taken care of us from God and his mercy. But let us recognize that God delights to give us mercy. He delights to give us mercy in Christ, to bring us into his family. And then as his family, he delights to keep giving us mercy. He just loves to do it. I think this is something that is helpful for us to consider and dwell on a bit today. He rejoices to be gracious. This is exactly how God the Father is with you, his children, when you repent. He rejoices 
to be gracious. And I think that's something that should be a motivation to repent sooner than later. He rejoices. Now, as we've heard a little while ago, we also rejoice. Sometimes we don't repent. Thomas Watson points up because we we think it won't be a happy thing, but actually it's a joyful thing to repent and be restored to the Lord and turn away from our sins. But also God is standing there rejoicing to forgive, rejoicing to receive us. God is amazing toward his people in delighting to discipline them in order to show mercy to them. I give that to you as the idea of this verse in its context. God is amazing toward his people in delighting to disciple them. Uh, Excuse me, I, I said discipline. Both are related in order to show mercy to them. That's the whole purpose, in order to show mercy to them. It is true he will discipline us when our sins anger him, but he does not retain it forever. That's part of the verse here, right? He he retaineth not his anger forever. There's a righteous indignation towards sin. Uh, He is angry with his children when they sin, not in the sense of a judge, but as a father. He's not pleased, and he has to deal with us. Proverbs 3, Hebrews chapter 12, reflecting Proverbs 3. But the whole point is to get us to repent and be restored, which is that's what he's leading for. And then he delights to do it when we're ready to receive it. He doesn't take pleasure in having to discipline us. Just like we tell our children, we don't like to do this. It's not fun. We'd rather be like all the other people in the world and just and too many Christians and not discipline our children. But we know the Lord would have us do it. And without it, you're not going to be the kind of people you need to be for the Lord. And you'll bring all kinds of problems upon yourself. But this isn't what we delight in. It's, it's the hard part of parenting. The, the, the delightful part of parenting is to show mercy. I forgive you. It's done. We've dealt with it. You've repented. It's done. I delight to show you mercy. Now, the whole prophet's letter, just, just like all the prophets, is the context is severe discipline of the church. If you go back and you read through it, you're going to see lots of times where the sins of his church are brought up and the iniquities and how he's had to be very severe with them. But how he always closes these uh, prophetic chastisements is with mercy. And so he says, uh, though I have anger towards you, I delight to give you mercy. And that's the point. Though his anger endure for a night, mercy comes in the morning. The discipline we see as the context and reference here it's, it's the initial reason for the message, as with all the prophets, but it's also ending in mercy from the Messiah. And it's to drive them to repentance, to be restored. And that restoration is by virtue of forgiveness, reconciliation. Just as Corinthians says, as new creatures, we have the ministry of what? Reconciliation. How and why? Because we've been reconciled to God through Christ. And that's always by virtue of mercy not giving us what we deserve. Second Samuel chapter 24, verse 17, the angel of the Lord kills, I believe, 70,000 people in Israel. A severe punishment on David for an inappropriate censoring, numbering of the people. There's a point, though, where the Lord says, it is enough. It is enough. And in fact, I appreciate uh, recently in our family devotions, it was drawn to our attention supposed to be three days of the Lord's pestilence. 
but he only ended up doing one day. That was enough. Now, similarly, here's what the punishment is, but I'm happy only to give you one third of it. That's enough. It's reached its purpose. I prefer to be merciful. And David has three options, right? He has three options to choose from for punishment. Why does he choose the pestilence from the Lord? Because he says, I'd rather be in the hands of the Lord who is merciful than those of the world, because it could have been your enemies come after you. I'd rather be in the hands of the Lord because he's merciful. His punishment is not to destroy me, but to cleanse me and cleanse us. And so... He chooses the Lord's direct punishment because he's merciful. And we see the Lord so merciful that one day is enough. No more is necessary. What had to happen, we've reached what, where we need to be. It's because of his mercy. He delights to give you mercy. And remember the word mercy is chesed in the Hebrew, and it's the idea of covenant faithful loyalty. He's sworn himself to his church. He's made us his children by virtue of adoption. He wants to be merciful to us. Just as we love to have things settled with our children to play and enjoy family life, the discipline is just to establish order and retain it from getting out of control and, and bad things. But we delight to be able to say, okay, now let's go play. Let's go sing. Let's go rejoice together. He gives us chesed. He delights in it, notice. He delights. He delighteth to give us mercy. And the Hebrew word for delight could be translated willing. He's willing. But it does have that idea of, you know, rejoicing and I just, I love to do it. But I want to forgive you. See, that's the thing, like, my son, <laughs> let me Forgive you and let the punishment be over. That's what I want to do. I don't want to keep the punishment going. I want to give you mercy. I want to bless you with mercy. He wants to. Just like I wanted to forgive my son. Although we know that the discipline was necessary, I wanted to show mercy. And so the Lord will discipline as necessary, but he wants to show mercy. That's the point. That's where he's always taking this. I eagerly desired, I rejoiced, I was excited, we planned it. How are we going to announce it? You know, I want to really bless him with this. We've been working on him. And I, actually, what we like to do is, okay, we need to talk. Your mother and I need to talk with you. And everybody's like, is this really? What's going on? Is this? They can kind of tell when we're trying to hide. We're excited about something. We're trying to seem serious. They need something that's going to, but we, we, we're just so happy to announce the mercy, <laughs> you know. God rejoices to change your heart. He rejoices to see a change of heart and a, and a change of behavior. He just he rejoices to, to just delight in that and not give you what you deserve. It isn't the repentance. It isn't the change that earns anything. It's been earned in Christ, but that's the point. He's earned it for us in Christ. He wants to get us back to a place of walking closer with him, drawing closer to him. Beloved, this is why Jesus Christ came to earth. Don't forget. And this is why Jesus Christ went to the cross, don't forget, to give you mercy, to take your punishment on himself so God through Christ can give you mercy. Acts chapter 5, verse 31. Him hath God exalted with his right hand, speaking of Christ, to be a prince and a savior. For to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. 
God sent Jesus to save us of our sins. That's what his name means, the Gabriel the angel said. The whole reason Jesus came here to suffer and die is to give us mercy, not what we deserve. James 2.13 Mercy rejoiceth against judgment. Proverbs 3 verse 12 For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son, in whom he delighteth. God delights in his sons and daughters. And so he delights to have mercy on them. And he's correcting because he loves them and he wants to bring them to a place to enjoy a greater manifestation of his mercy and the purpose of his mercy, a restored and blessed walk with God. Another way to look at it is to think about what is said kind of in an opposite statement, such as Ezekiel 33, verse 11. Say unto them, now again, a major judgment, right? Ichabod, God is departing from them. The, the wheels of the ark are turning and leaving. I mean, major, major discipline. And yet, mercy throughout a calling back, the point of the discipline. Ezekiel 33, verse 11. Say unto them, as I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will ye die, O house of Israel? But see, the opposite of us. He delights to give you mercy, and he has no, no pleasure in your death. Second Peter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wills for his church to repent, to come back to him. He wills, that is, or he delights to give mercy. You know, often as you might struggle to repent and come back to God and uh, fear his wrath, you have to remember, no, the Lord delights in giving you mercy. He delights. He's just waiting to bless you with mercy and rejoice in blessing you with mercy. As you sang in Psalm 147 this morning, verses 10 and 11, He delighteth not in the strength of the horse. He taketh no pleasure in the legs of a man. Before I continue, I always remember that verse right there is, is, a, is an important verse to recall. I remember hearing a sermon by David Engelsma on this verse as an example of uh, why we don't uh, sign up for the, the common phrase of common grace. The Lord doesn't take any pleasure in the horse. He doesn't take any pleasure in the legs of a man. He does not take any pleasure in the accomplishment of people if it's not in Christ. But the Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him, in those that hope in his mercy. How glorious is that? He doesn't take pleasure in our works for whatever we do, only in the mercy of Christ as they're received. He takes pleasure not in us as we would try to boast about ourselves before him, he simply takes pleasures in those that fear him and ask for his mercy. Hope in his mercy, or what is that to say, but trust and believe in Christ for mercy. He takes pleasure in those who want his mercy. So do what pleases God. After all, what is your chief end? To glorify God? Enjoy him forever? Do what he says. Well, do what pleases God. Take his mercy. Delight in it, because he delights to give it to you. With that in view, let's turn back to a more familiar verse. In chapter 6, Micah 6, verse 8. Micah 6, verse 8. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require? 
of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. Love mercy. Because God's calling upon you, remembering again that James says, mercy rejoiceth against judgment. There are times and places where we have to be uh, speaking in ways of rebuke and uh, uh, disciplining one another, helping one another, provoking one another the love and good works, but always with the goal of rejoicing in mercy. No grudges to bear, because the whole point is just to see us restored together in Christ, walking closer to God and Him, enjoying His mercy. His will for you is to love mercy. Just as He loves, He wills to give you mercy. There are those other things that are said there, but we look at the fact that when he says he delights to give you mercy in our text today, he would have you delight to be merciful as well. Be merciful and extend God's delightful mercy to you. Rejoice in forgiving and seeing others happily receive it and be restored to you. Begin by forgiving yourself, delighting to be forgiven delighting to have mercy as God delights to give it to you. For you'll never be able to delight in giving mercy to others if you aren't delighting in the mercy of God for yourself. Delight in God's mercy and be delighting in God's delighting in you, his sons and daughters. Delight in his delighting to show you mercy because only pride refuses mercy. I understand my son's intent was a good one. But at the end of the day, if we reject mercy, it'll come down to pride as if we're going to make it right ourselves. And we can't. God gets all the glory, beloved. And he gives us his mercy and glory. He shows his glory to his vessels of mercy. Think about this. You're struggling to, to take God's mercy. What does God say to Moses as is quoted in Romans 9? Yes, to speak about sovereign grace and election. And I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And certainly there is the idea of, and those I won't, I won't. But it seems to me as we go back to Exodus where that's quoted is, God is emphasizing actually the mercy. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And who are you to argue with me about it? If I want to have mercy on somebody, I'm going to do it. And I delight to do it. Don't you argue with me. You delight with me. So he says to you, you my children, I delight to have mercy on you. I can have mercy on you, and I will. Don't argue with me about it. Take the mercy. (laughs) You really want more discipline? I don't think so. Take the mercy. I delight to give you mercy, and I can, if I want to, deal with it. Take the mercy. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And we say, have it on me. Thank you, Jesus. I delight to receive it. I delight to praise you, my Redeemer. It's pride that refuses mercy. A son of God delights to be blessed with God's happy fatherly forgiveness. Citing Luke 15, verse 10, and of course in the broader context. Beloved, when people repent, when God's people, when one sinner repents, one saint comes back to God in Christ. Heaven rejoices. The angels rejoice. There's some kind of party held in the heavenly courts when each of you repent and come to God. It's incredible, huh? Thomas Watson, thinking on that verse, writes this in his book, The Doctrine of Repentance. When men neglect the offer of salvation... 
and frees in sin. This delights the devils. But when a soul is brought home to Christ by repentance, this makes joy among the angels. Well, who you want to party with? I would say that would be important to ask the question of those who would be the brother of the prodigal son as well. But who do you want to party with, the demons or the angels? Delight in God's mercy as he delights to give it to you. Now, why is there joy in the presence of God? Why are these angels rejoicing? Because they're in the presence of God himself who is rejoicing. They're following his lead. As he says to you again this morning, I delight. I delight in mercy. Ah, oh, i got to deal with you in discipline, but I delight to bless you with mercy. Remember Romans 2, verse 4, that we looked at last Lord's Day evening. Or despiseth thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Thomas Watson also writes this. The eye of faith looks on mercy, and that thaws the heart. Faith persuades of the love of God, and that love sets us a weeping. And of course, these are tears of joy for being the object of happy mercy. Beloved, be ready to respond to the Lord like this, whom Psalm 86 verse 5 says is ready to forgive. Be ready to be forgiven, O prodigal children, and run into the arms of your father who is running to you with a ring to place on your finger and a robe to drape over your shoulders as he puts his arms around you in an embrace of grace and kisses you and says, come home, my son, my daughter, let's celebrate. Let's have a party. I delight to show you mercy. Beloved, may you always be quick to receive and rejoice in mercy. For God delights in showing you mercy. That is the message for you this morning from the text. God delights in showing you mercy. Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. God delights in showing you mercy, beloved. And as we now prepare to partake of the Lord's Supper, let us approach him with that on our hearts, remembering that it is called the Eucharist sometimes from the Greek. That means to be thankful. Yes, let us be mindful of our sins. Let us prepare and recognize how unworthy we are. But let us come ultimately with thanksgiving and joy that we are going to have a meal of communion with God by our union with Christ. As God reminds us in this supper that he delights 
to show you mercy. And isn't that what he's doing in the supper? He is delighting to show you and remind you to your senses. He delights to give you mercy. Let us pray. Almighty God, let us indeed grieve over our sins and hate them. But let us also turn to you, O God, with an apprehension of the mercy, your mercy to us in Christ, and that you delight to be merciful. You rejoice to bless us with redemption and restoration. Let us recognize when you are having to be strong with us, with the hand of a father to discipline us, it is because you love us and you desire to bring us to what you delight in, mercy. You prepare our hearts to receive mercy, to walk in mercy. Lord, let us be ready to receive it. Humble us of our pride and not stay away and not resist, even with good intentions. Let us not risk offending you when you would hold out the scepter of mercy over us. Lord God, as you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die to give us mercy, let us recognize what a glorifying thing it is to you to receive it and to rejoice in it and to spread it to others. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Lord, we do thank you for your mercy that is new every morning. We are thankful for your mercy that endureth forever. And we are thankful and we rejoice to just be reminded of the delightful doctrine that you, Lord God, delight in giving us mercy. So let us never tire of coming for more of it, for you are plenteous in mercy, plenty to give us, and so happy to give it to us. Let us be so happy to receive it, O Lord, and to be cleansed and transformed as we take of this supper now. Help us as we prepare in a moment to be delighted to receive your call to come to your means of grace. And we do ask, O Lord, that you would cause us to act like people who are delighted to receive the delightful mercy of God, to talk of how God delights to give mercy, how attractive that message is. Let that gospel message be shared by us, we pray. And we ask these things in Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all your people said, Amen.